Welcome to Ardor's Erotic Reflections. In this podcast, Ardor gives you glimpses into some of his stories and talks about his odd and pointless views on gender, sex, and all things erotic. This is a rebroadcast of a 2015 podcast. The free stories I speak about have been on the web for five years now, and sorry, I don't even remember where I posted them. And don't forget, you can only get the free bonus chapters most of my books have by buying directly through me on ardorotica.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-O-T-I-C-A dot com. I use PayPal, so it's safe, secure, and the best way to buy my books. Stop by my website today and get a free ebook and see how simple it is to put my books on your favorite device. Hi, and welcome to the eighth episode of Ardor's Erotic Reflections. Don't forget about my other podcast, though, Art Erotica. On that podcast, I read excerpts from some of my stories and talk about the naughty trouble I get into. You have to go to my website, arterotica.com, to get that show. That's A-R-D-O-R-O-T-I-C-A dot com. You'll find the show on my podcast page, where you can use the feed link to subscribe to it through iTunes or any other podcatcher that you like to use. You can also listen to it directly from my website. I'm working on some free stories at the moment. I'll be posting a whole bunch of stuff for free all over the net. I've got some Fendom stories, I've got some Newton Public stories, and I'm about to start a special story in the universe of Planet Xur, which I think you'll all really love. It'll have a different set of characters and show another side of life on Xur that you haven't seen so far. When I start posting things, I'll let you know where to find it all. I'm winding up a Newton Public story right now. It's hot and sexy, but this story has more of a slow warm-up. Generally, I jump in with both feet, and the action starts right from the very first word. In this story, for some reason, a lot takes place in the character's mind at first. Personally, I think what goes on in a character's head is just as important, if not more so, than what goes on in their body. What I find so exciting about writing these kinds of stories is conveying exactly why the people involved get so excited about the types of things that they do. Expressing the excitement that a male character gets from being so open and vulnerable, or how the control the female character holds over the male affects her, is really what makes writing so exciting to me. Without that, it's really just insert tab A into slot B, and believe it or not, that can get really boring after a while. I'm sure if you've looked around at some of the free story sites, you know what I mean. While there are plenty of great authors out there, some people just, well, they don't quite get it. They write about this fetish or that kink, but fail to capture what really makes it hot. And that extra element, that thing that really gets it going, is almost always what goes on in the characters' heads. This is why I like to tell the story from the main character's point of view in most cases. There are only a few times that I've deviated from that. In a couple of instances, I've used the all-knowing narrator, because I want the reader not only to understand what the main character was feeling, but also the other characters as well. In my story, Good Morning Neighbor, I used the all-knowing narrator for that exact reason. I wanted the reader to know how all the characters felt about what was happening to them. 
The story idea itself was pretty simple. Two characters meet by accident, and this swirl of excitement goes off in both their heads. I really loved that story. The sexual tension I was able to build was so hot. You really should go check it out. There's a free chapter of it on my website. In fact, there's free chapters of all my books on my website. So, switching tracks just a little, I came along something a while back that really kind of pissed me off. I happen to be a big Doctor Who fan. I've watched him since the early 80s when you could only see the show on PBS. Well, I'm having a little trouble getting used to the latest incarnation of the Doctor, Peter Capaldi, but that's not really what I want to talk about. I came along an article by a woman who claims that the Doctor should never be female. I think the very first time I saw the Doctor regenerate as a woman was in a comedy relief skit. At the very end, he regenerates into Joanna Lumley, who you probably know best from Absolutely Fabulous. That skit was very silly. And there was even a joke about the sonic screwdriver having three speeds. If you know what I mean. I'll put a link in the show notes to that video so you can check it out. It's really worth a watch if you like Doctor Who. What I think really started off the controversy was a mention in one of the Matt Smith episodes, The Doctor's Wife. He talks about a male Time Lord, the Corsair. The Doctor said when the Corsair was female, she was a bad girl. The idea that a male character can become female is pretty impressive. It also tempts me to try writing fanfic more than anything else. <laughs> no one loves a bad girl more than I do. Then, there was just this last season when the Master himself turns up as Missy, a Time Lady. So now we've seen that it can actually happen in the Doctor Who universe. It didn't seem to hurt the Master's character at all. I personally don't see why it would hurt the Doctor's character either. The article I came across had all sorts of reasons why it couldn't happen. All of them are pretty much nonsense, especially since Stephen Moffat, the guy who has creative control over the show, says not only is it possible, but it may happen in the next regeneration. The article states a lot of scientific reasons why the Doctor couldn't be female. All of these reasons have no basis in a universe where science is used like magic. The Doctor can regenerate as a woman for the same reason that a black hole can power the TARDIS, because it makes exciting storytelling. What usually happens is that the Doctor's female companions tend to fall, well, at least a little bit in love with him. They follow him around the universe like little puppy dogs, amazed at his doctorness and being saved from monsters by him. I think the writer of this article is assuming that if the Doctor was female, she would be the one in puppy love with the companion and she would be the one who had to be saved, which of course wouldn't work. But that assumes that the woman always has to be subservient. She always has to be rescued, and the man always has to be the one in charge. I think it would be a really interesting change, and, if written well, could not only work, but be great TV. What I find fascinating is that this person can't imagine a world where a woman was in charge, and the male followed her around. Which is ridiculous if you think of Amy Pond. She was submissive to no one. In fact, there was one episode where the doctor told Rory that they were Amy's boys. He eventually agreed with him, and Amy even jokes to Rory that their child should be named Melody Pond, because Melody Williams is a geography teacher, while Melanie Pond is a superhero. And, spoilers... Although, this is old news, and I would think if you watch Doctor Who at all, you'd already know that their child's name is River Song, Melody Pond Reversed. Although, the name on Rory and Amy's tombstone in their last episode is Rory and Amelia Williams. 
I would love to see a strong, assertive female doctor. It would have to be done right and carefully, because one little mistake and everyone would dump all over it. But I don't see it as any more of a jump from a male doctor to a female doctor than it was from Matt Smith's doctor to Peter Capaldi's doctor. The whole weak argument behind this article really has more to do with the writer's fixed ideas of what they believe gender should be rather than anything else. What I also found interesting is that the writer of the article is supposed to be female. I gotta admit, from their arguments, I find that really hard to believe. I mean, maybe they are, but eh, I'm not buying it. I'm probably not going to put a link to this article in the show notes. Either it was written for shock value just to get hits, or, in my humble opinion, the author has issues. Either way, I don't want to call any more attention to them than I have. If you really have to read it, just hit Google. I doubt it would be that hard to find. Oh, and one last note before I finish up. I had to reinstall some software on my server. The reinstall screwed up the dates of all my podcasts, and for some reason, it won't let me fix them. I'll keep trying to sort it out, but if I can't manage it, then at least you know why the episodes are all out of order. Thanks for listening to Ardor's Erotic Reflections. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out his other podcast, Art Erotica. You'll find it on his podcast page on his website, arterotica.com. That's A-R-D-O-R-O-T-I-C-A dot com. It's also free and has excerpts of some of the stories. Listen, subscribe, and see you next time on Ardor's Erotic Reflections.